May God speak to you through today's message from Pastor Ryan Loxmo. Well, good morning. My name is Ryan Loxmo. I'm the small groups pastor here at Parkway Fellowship, and we're really glad uh, that y'all are with us today as we continue our uh, leadership series, Stepping Up. Uh, back in 2006, in the spring, my wife Ashley and I got married, and uh, just three months after that, we moved all the way across the country, 1,800 miles from Dallas to Boston in order for me to go to grad school. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was just a huge period of life change uh, for us. And, and in this deal, moving across the country, my job was kind of the logistics. So I booked the truck, booked the hotels, got the directions, figured out the budget, the cost, all that kind of stuff, and uh, actually focused more on kind of the all right, let's figure out how our apartment is going to look when we get there, and let's pack our stuff now to make sure it all works out. And so we, we made a great team. Um, and I have to say, I was like on the top of my game with this deal. I mean, I had charted our, our route exactly, and I had, had printed out confirmations of things and directions, and I had researched hotels or restaurants around each hotel we were going to stay at and like when they were open and closed based on when we were going to get there. I mean, I had it all mapped out perfectly. But I have to say, my greatest achievement in the whole deal was when we moved in to the apartment itself. You see, I called the school ahead of time, and I got the number of the guy who was kind of the point person for this building. He wasn't exactly an RA, because it was families uh, living on campus in these buildings. But I got his name, and I said, uh, hey, we're going to be moving up there, you know, in a, in a few weeks. Is there any way we could line up some help for us? You know, get a few guys who'd be willing to help us move in. And he said, you know, maybe I could work that out. Let me, let me ask around and I'll get back to you. And so probably, uh, I think it was about a week or so later, I got a phone call and he said, hey, I was able to talk to some guys and I've got a team for you when you guys get here. And I was like, awesome. So we made the whole 1,800 mile drive. We did it over like four or five days. It was really cool. And uh, we rolled up into town in Boston and I had arranged to meet the guy in a grocery store parking lot. So we pulled the moving van into the grocery store par- parking lot. He's waiting for us and he literally led us to the campus, to the front door of our apartment building, and there was a team of guys literally waiting for us. Plus, uh, I have family in, in Massachusetts, and they came out, and so we had this small army of people to move us in, and I'm telling you, we had a 20-foot moving truck filled to the brim, 45 minutes. whole thing was done. I was like, that was money. We just nailed that move-in. I mean, it was awesome. And uh, I have to say, I was pretty impressed with myself. <laughs> I was like, man, I coordinated that thing. I really nailed that. Um, but I think I got a little overconfident. Because a few years later, we were back in the same boat, moving across the country, moving back to Texas to Katy for me to come on staff here at the park. And, you know, I just figured, I've done this before. I got this. And uh, we had a lot going on. I was starting here. Ashley was starting a new job at HBU. And we just had a lot going on. And um, I didn't put as much energy into thinking about the whole thing. And so um, I called my brother. He lives in Fort Worth. His name is Sean. Sean drove down to help. And when he arrived, my failure in leadership became immediately uh, obvious. So we, we open the back of the truck, and it's full. And he looks at it, and he says, so when's everyone else getting here? I said, what do you mean? And he said, when is everyone else getting here? And I said, we got this. It's no big deal. We, we can take care of this. And he said, Okay, eight hours later, I kid you not, eight, we unloaded the last piece of furniture from our van. And you know what that last piece of furniture was? A 400-pound oak 
entertainment center. And the story of Sean and I trying to carry that thing, the, just the two of us, up a flight of stairs is legendary in my family now. We actually ended up just throwing it out because <laughs> we couldn't actually get it up the stairs. And it was, it was just a massive failure. Plus, it was 106 degrees that day. So I, I just blew it on that deal, and uh, I, my leadership failed. But, you know, I think we've all been in a situation like that before where we, um, we take on too much for ourselves. We rely on ourselves too much. Um, we don't ask for help when we need it. And, uh, you know, it just, you know, there are many reasons why we do this. Sometimes it's our pride. Honestly, I think that might have been the case with me. Um, sometimes we just don't want to, like, inconvenience others. And sometimes it's about control. You know, we just want to main, maintain control. Um, but the thing is, if we don't bring people along in our leadership with us, if we don't include people when we're leading, here's the problem. It will exhaust us. It will absolutely exhaust us. And it significantly hinders our ability to lead. I mean, it absolutely does. It hinders our ability to lead. Because here's the deal. Leadership is not about doing everything yourself. It's really not. It is not about doing everything yourself. It's about seeing what needs to be done and then mobilizing people to do that. You know, and even Moses, you know, we've been looking at Moses in this series. He was the quintessential leader. I mean, he was like a guy that we can all aspire to be like. You know, if anybody could have like done it themselves as a leader, it was Moses. But he didn't. He did not lead alone. He learned that lesson. Uh, I mean, he's, listen, he spoke to God, the Bible says, face to face, like a friend speaks to a friend. I mean, you'd think if anybody could kind of handle it, you know, it would be Moses, but he didn't. He learned to bring people along and include them in his leadership. And, uh, you know, in this series, we've been talking about the various steps of leadership that, that we need to go through. And, you know, the first step we talked about first week is just acknowledging you're a leader. Just admitting, I am a leader. I have influence. And then we talked about last week, casting a vision as the next step. Um, And then even past that, casting a vision for others in our life. And today we're going to talk about the next step, the very next step, which is bringing others along in our leadership. So go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't already. And let's see what more we can learn from Moses about leadership. The first thing you need to do, and this is your fill-in, is you got to seek help from others. you got to seek help from others. Now, we've talked about in this series already how when God called Moses to lead the people of Israel um, out of slavery in Egypt, uh, that Moses just didn't feel up to the task. He felt like, I can't do this, and, and he, he, just, he, he was resistant to it. And um, he was coming up with all of these excuses as to why he was not the right leader for the job. And uh, look, look here, it's printed in your notes, Exodus 4.10 and following. It says, Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you've spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? But he said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. You see, Moses was really nervous because he thought he had to do everything himself as a leader. And he was just focused on all of his shortcomings of of the ways that he thought he would fail. But look at God's response. It's right after that in Exodus 4. It says, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, underline this next phrase, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite, 
I know that he can speak well. Behold, he's coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and teach you both what to do. You see, that was God's lesson. That was, that was his response to Moses is, you don't have to do it all yourself. I mean, he's like, look at your brother Aaron. He's awesome at speaking. Take him if you're insecure about that. You know, he, he didn't expect Moses to have every skill he needed to be a great leader. You know, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to take an honest look at yourself and, and think about, you know, what are my weaknesses or areas where I'm not quite as strong? And then you've got to seek help in those areas. You know, maybe for you as a parent, um, the, the concept, the, the notion of, of raising your kids spiritually is just overwhelming to you. Oh my gosh, how do I do that? Well, our kids ministry here and our student ministry is designed to partner with you. It's not designed to do everything for you. It is literally designed to partner with you to help you raise your kids spiritually. So you don't have to look far for help on that. I mean, it's right here. And you can look on our website and find all, you know, find out all about how our kids ministry and student ministry is geared to partner with you and help you as you raise your kids spiritually. And also you can talk to any of our kids ministry staff out in the foyer. They would love to talk to you um, about it. Maybe for you uh, at work, you're working on a project or you've got a a big deadline coming uh, in your life and you haven't been willing to ask for help for one reason or another and that has led to night after night after night of working late uh, and working on weekends and, you know, it's, it's, it's gotten to the point that you're neglecting your family and that kind of thing. I mean, great leaders don't allow it to get to that point. They ask for help. Great leaders ask for help. You know, one of my favorite phone calls that I get here at the church, and I get a handful of these phone calls every single small group semester, is somebody who says, hey, Ryan, I really want to lead uh, a small group or be, be in leadership in the small group's ministry, but I just feel like I'm not that great at, you know, administration or something like that. And then they'll ask me, you know, is there any way you could help me in that area or maybe find someone to co-lead with me so that I can be in leadership, but, you know, I can have someone help me with that area that I, I don't feel so strong? Absolutely. Yes. I love those phone calls because absolutely we can find help. Um, absolutely. And some of our, our best small group leaders are people who have made that phone call to me in the first place. And, um, you know, another, another example of that is, is people who will say, you know, I'd love to be in leadership in small group ministry, but I just feel like I'm not the best at, like, leading a discussion or going through the curriculum. Um, but I love to open up my home. I love to host people. I mean, we have people at our house all the time. If I open up my home, could you find a small group or a small group leader that would want to maybe have their group meet in our house? Yes. Awesome. I love getting those phone calls because here's the thing. It is a mark of maturity as a leader to ask for help. It is not a sign of weakness. It's a mark of maturity as a leader to ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness. And I'm telling you, some of our best small group leaders at this church started out that way of a phone call of, I don't know if I can do this, but can you help me? You know, they were willing, and they had the maturity to ask for help. And Moses did that with Aaron. He brought his brother Aaron along with him, and together they were able to lead the Israelites out of slavery um, into uh, the wilderness and eventually into the promised land. But there's a second thing that we can learn from Moses about bringing others along. You've got to delegate to others. Delegate to others. 
Now, this is not exactly the same thing as asking for help because it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you feel like you have a weakness in, in an area or you're not as strong in an area, but it does accomplish the same thing. It takes something off of your plate. Now, Moses became a master at this, but he was not in the beginning. He had to learn this deal. Um, I want you to picture something for me. Moses leads the people of Israel out of slavery. Okay, the Egyptians, they're, they're uh, destroyed when the Red Sea was parted, and all of a sudden they're out in the desert with all these people, hundreds of thousands of men, women, and children, and they're all looking at Moses for his leadership to see what was going to happen next. I mean, picture that. I mean, if you've been to a very crowded, let's say a baseball game, you've gone to a baseball game, and the stadium's packed. Well, in Houston, that probably hasn't happened anytime recently. But if you've been to one, I mean, you look at it, let's say you've been, if you've ever been to a stadium that has like 50,000 people in it, you're like, oh my gosh, look at all these people. Moses had 10 stadiums worth of people looking at him, saying, what are we going to do, man? Help us out. And so, Here's what he did. He said, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have like a time every day where I make myself available. And people come to me with their questions and concerns and problems. And as you can imagine, after time, this absolutely overwhelmed him. I mean, it was just all day, every day, just people coming to him. He couldn't get anything done. And his father-in-law, Moses' father-in-law, his name was Jethro. Jethro saw this. And uh, look what Jethro said in Exodus 18. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you are doing is not good. You and the people with you, and I want you to underline this next phrase, will certainly wear yourselves out. You will certainly wear yourselves out. For the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. So, underline this next phrase, Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said. Moses chose able men out of all of Israel and made them heads of the uh, people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided themselves. I mean, that is an unbelievable passage when you think about leadership and leadership principles. And we can pull actually several things out of just that one passage. The first one is that trying to lead on your own will eventually wear you out. It absolutely will wear you out. Jethro knew this. He knew Mo- Moses pretty well. He would worked with him for many years when Moses was in hiding in Midian. You may remember that. Um, Jethro knew him. He worked with him. And he could see the burnout. He could see the burnout um, on Moses' face. And uh, he knew that Moses' ability to lead would crumble. It would buckle under that pressure. And, uh, you know, maybe for you, you've got a project at work that you just feel like you're buckling under. Or maybe you're planning like a huge family event or something like that. And you think that, hey, if I just do it all myself, that thing will get done right. It'll get done right. But at what cost? At what cost? You know, this happens all the time in our families. Let me just talk to you husbands and wives for a second. When you see your spouse starting to look exhausted and approach that um, point of burnout, be on the lookout for them delegating something to you because that's really what they're doing. They're saying, I have too much on my plate. I'm responsible in this area, but I really can't get it done. Can you do this for me? That's delegating. So, you know, guys, if, you're, if your wife says, hey, could you really pitch in today and help me clean the kitchen, do the dishes, you know, that's what they're trying to do is delegate to you. So maybe instead of thinking like, oh, my wife is such a nag, you could think, my wife is an awesome delegator, all right? She is ex- exercising amazing leadership principles. I, that's awesome. 
but <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but there's another thing we can pull out of that passage. Great leaders are willing to take advice. Great, great leaders are willing to take advice. Did you notice that Jethro was uh, Moses' father-in-law? Did you catch that? I mean, guys, I know that getting advice from your father-in-law may not be like one of your favorite pastimes, um, and ladies, for your, <laughs> from your mother-in-law. But look, great leaders, um, ego is not part of the equation. Ego is just not a factor. Um, a good idea is a good idea. I mean, great leaders, the ones that really rise to the top will tell you that. A great idea, no matter where it comes from, is still a great idea. And in this case, Jethro had a fantastic idea for Moses of unburdening himself and, and sharing the leadership responsibility with a bunch of other people. And Moses had the humility to acknowledge that that was a great idea. You know, maybe um, someone in your family has had a great idea or a suggestion about something, but you just kind of feel like, I don't really put much stock in what that person says. And you just kind of brush it off. Well, maybe they have a good idea. Maybe in that case, you should be willing to take advice. Maybe for you at work, there's somebody who you feel competitive with, and they have a great idea. It's a suggestion that you could really benefit from. But because you feel a little competitive with them, you're not going to give them that. You're not going to give them the satisfaction of giving you a good idea and you using it because your pride really gets in the way. But it's a great idea. You know, maybe um, someone at your work is like a lower rank than you and you feel like, well, if I took advice from that person, what would that say about me? But maybe they have a great suggestion. You know, Moses had the humility to take advice. Um, But yeah, great leaders, this isn't the way they think. They want good ideas, no matter where they come from, and they're willing to take advice. I mean, Abraham Lincoln is a great example. He deliberately filled his presidential cabinet with people who had different views than him and different views from each other. And he wanted advice from all different types of people, and in fact, his secretary of state was one of his fiercest rivals previously. But he was like, he's got good ideas. I don't agree with him all the time, but I'm willing to listen. That is what great leaders do. They want good ideas no matter where they come from. You just can't you can't even find their ego. Their ego is just not uh, part of the equation. But there's one more thing we can pull out of that passage we just looked at, and it's that delegating to others develops leaders. Okay? It develops leaders. So when Moses did this and he shared the responsibility with all of those other Israelite leaders, not only was he freeing himself up of responsibilities, he was allowing probably a lot of those guys to take the first step in leadership. He was allowing them to do that. So he was not only unburdening himself, he was, you know, developing leaders in this deal. And uh, we, we actually, in our small group ministry, we apply this principle. We have a primary small group leader for every group, but then we don't make them do everything. We have someone who, who uh, handles the prayer requests um, and deals with that, somebody who uh, is the point person on care needs if the group has, uh, someone in the group has a practical need, um, and then someone who kind of takes the lead on following up with people in their small group who um, haven't been attending as regularly. Because we don't want the small group leader to have to do everything. We want the small group leader to focus on the discussion and the curriculum and that kind of thing. And so we want to develop leaders. And I'm telling you, some of our best new small group leaders are people who took that first step and became a coordinator, like a prayer coordinator or a care coordinator. And they took that first step, and then they said, I'll take the next one and actually lead the group now. But here's the thing. 
I mean, leadership, it's just not all about you. I mean, I think that's kind of a theme of what we've been talking about here. It's not all about you. By not delegating, you're risking exhaustion. That's the first thing. But also, you may be robbing someone else of a leadership opportunity, an opportunity to step up and lead. And so think about people who are in your life, in your circle, who work with you, your friends, your family, someone who would benefit from a leadership opportunity and then be the one that gives them that leadership opportunity. Just give them that opportunity. Okay, there's one more thing that we can learn from Moses on bringing others along. And this is really the one that that separates the men from the boys, okay? You gotta invest in others. You have to invest in others. Okay? Now this is different than the previous two, okay? It's not about asking for help because you feel that, that you're not strong in an area. And it's not about delegating in the sense of preventing exhaustion. Investing in others is something that great leaders do even if everything is going great. Even if they don't feel they need help, even if they have delegated and everything's running smooth, they still invest in others. They don't just look at themselves and think, like, how's everything going for me? But they look around them and think, who can I raise up to be a future leader? Because great leaders ask themselves, how can I leave a leadership legacy? Okay, how can I leave a leadership legacy? And Moses did this with Joshua. Last week we talked about Joshua and how he used the, uh, we, we talked about Joshua boxes and how that was a tool that Joshua used, a leadership tool to cast vision for the Israelites. Okay, a way to look back, see what God's done in their life, and then say, because of that, we know he's going to do this, okay? Joshua was Moses' protege. He was such a great leader because Moses took the time to invest in him. Look at Exodus 33. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. First of all, isn't that amazing? Golly. When Moses turned again to the camp, underline this next phrase. His assistant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. You see, Moses, he didn't procrastinate on this deal, on investing. He didn't wait till like he was almost out the door or, you know, he was sick at the end of his life before he died. He knew that he needed to be investing in somebody really deeply, okay, throughout his career as the leader of Israel. So Moses had delegated to people some of the tasks But he picked Joshua to really invest in. And he did it for 40 years. I mean, basically the whole time Moses was leading the people of Israel, he was investing in Joshua. He was bringing Joshua along with him and investing in him and investing in him. And, you know, because Moses knew the people of Israel were going to outlive him. Okay, they were going to make their home in the promised land. And Moses' leadership was going to echo over the generations as they made their home there. And uh, he wanted to make sure that there was a person who could pick up right where he left off um, and that there was a quality leader in place. You know, parents, you're already doing this with your kids. I mean, you are investing in your kids. You're teaching them, shaping them, leading them so that hopefully one day they can teach, shape, lead, all of those things. You know, their friends, their coworkers, their kids one day. You are building a leadership legacy into your kids. You are. It's just a question of what does that legacy look like. You know, around the office, um, you know, maybe there's somebody around you who could really use 
um, some investment in terms of leadership. Maybe someone who has great potential, but nobody is really taking the time to say, you know what, you've got great potential. I want to help you, you know, get over this hurdle and, and experience this and go to this next level of leadership. Because the statistics say most people only stay in a job for about five years before they move to another job. That's kind of the average. If that's the case, a good number of us will be in different jobs five years from now. And would there be somebody who could pick up where you left off uh, when that happens? You know, have you taken the time to invest in somebody? But look, the best way, the best way for any of us to invest in anybody is spiritually. And uh, for those of us who are Christ followers, that means sharing Christ with people who don't uh, know him and also uh, just sharing our wisdom and insight, um, spiritual insight with people who are, you know, younger believers than us and, and maybe could learn a little something from us. That's what that means, investing spiritually. But maybe for you um, today, nobody has really invested in you spiritually. Um, or maybe they've tried to and you didn't listen or you just didn't really want, want to hear it. Um, I would encourage you to take a little time this morning to invest in yourself spiritually and to think about this. You know, maybe this, this whole church thing is new for you. You're like, who the heck is this Moses person? I don't know who Moses is. You know, you don't know anything about it? That's great. There's unbelievable stuff for you to learn. But let me tell you the best thing, the best news ever. God created everything in existence, everything, every galaxy, every plant, every animal, everything you can think of, God made it. But his favorite thing, the thing that he loved the most, was us. And he created us to be in a relationship with him, a perfect relationship with him. And we were, actually, for a really brief period at the beginning. But then sin came into the world, and sin put distance between us and God. We could no longer have that per, uh, perfect relationship with him that he wanted. Well, God loves us so much that he wasn't okay with it just staying that way. So he found a solution to bridge that gap and allow us to have a relationship with him and ultimately spend eternity with him in a place that the Bible calls heaven. And uh, the way that he did that is he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to pay the penalty for all of my sins that I have ever committed and will ever commit, and all of your sins as well. It is a free, absolutely free gift that he has offered to all of us. He's extended that invitation of a relationship with him. All we have to do is trust Christ as our Savior, and it's a done deal. And so if you've never done that before, I encourage you this morning to start your relationship with God. There is a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes. If you've never prayed a prayer like that before, it doesn't have to be that one word for word, but if you've never prayed a prayer like that before, where you invite Christ into your life and ask him to save you, pray it today. Pray it today. Invest in yourself spiritually. Pray it today and start your relationship with God. He will come into your life, forgive you, and you will start on a new path today. So I encourage you to do that. Pray it now. Pray it when the band comes up. Pray it today. Don't wait. Um, it is just the most significant choice that you can make in your life, and it's an amazing one. So uh, Moses has taught us a lot about leadership today, about how to ask for help, delegate, invest in others, take advice, all these great things. And we're, we're kind of getting high up on the ladder here, okay? Next week, we are going to talk about the one thing, the one thing that separates the great leaders from the best leaders. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. Everybody go ahead and pull out your connection card.
I want you to hold that thing right next to your message notes, and uh, I want you to check a next step or steps that you're willing to take today based on the message, and I want you to check them on uh, both the card and on your notes, because you're going to hand that card in in a second, but you know, you'll take the notes home with you, and that way you can remember uh, what you committed to. How about this first one? I will identify one area in my life where my leadership is lacking and ask for help. Just ask for help. How about the second one? Identify one area in my life where I'm exhausting myself and find ways to delegate in that area. That's huge. Delegate in that area. Number three, be willing to take advice. Are you? Are you willing to take advice? Especially from people that, you know, you wouldn't usually listen to. How about this fourth one? Leave a leadership legacy by finding someone to invest in for the future. Maybe for you it's this next one. I want to become a Christ follower for the first time today. If you just prayed that prayer or you're planning on it today, check that box and we'll send you some uh, free information in the mail that will give you uh, a great start in your new life following Christ. And also I want you to pick up a new believer packet. They're on these little tables inside the doors as you walk out. Just grab one of those new believer packets on your way out, and uh, that'll, that's got some great resources for you in there as well. How about this next one? Sign me up for an adult small group. I mean, we have an unbelievable uh, array of small groups available for you. They're in the catalog, in your worship guide, and uh, there's a blue code in there. Um, you just write down the code on the back of your connection card, and we'll sign you up for that group. Now, there's a, a bunch of people here at the park who are, are relatively new, just started coming in the last few months, so let me just take a minute or so and explain a little bit of the vision of our small groups here. Um, Parkway Fellowship does two things. We do two things, and that's it. Sunday mornings, which you're here for that, so check, okay? Sunday mornings and small groups. That's it, okay? That is it. And we have small groups for kids, students, and adults. Now, the kids take a break over the summer for small groups, but they have all kinds of other events and stuff they can be involved in. But here's here's the deal. We know that Our church, Parkway Fellowship, cannot achieve the vision of spiritual growth that we want to see here with just Sunday morning. We can't. It absolutely will not happen. There's just not enough time. And that's why we have small groups. And that is why it is the core of our ministry here. It is essential to being a part of this church is being in a small group. Um, The same thing goes, too, with just how many people there are on Sundays. There's so many people around here, it's not so easy um, to just make friends, that kind of thing, and, and connect with people. And that's what happens in our small groups. I mean, it is absolutely an essential part um, of our church and being a part of this church. And really, it's part of our vision for how we're going to grow toward spiritual maturity. If you've been a part of a small group this year at Parkway Fellowship, raise your hand. Look at that. If you haven't joined a summer small group, sign up. There are some great ones. And actually, we added a couple this past week. Just write down the code in your small group catalog, and we'll get you signed up. It's that easy. Okay, how about this last one? Sign my student up for a small group. As I said, the kids, um, fifth grade and under, are taking a break this summer. They've got FX concerts and some other stuff going on. But the students, sixth grade and up, they will uh, continue to meet over the summer. And we just need the name and grade uh, for your student. We'll get them signed up. Make sure your name is on the front of the card, but just put their name and grade on the back, and we will get them signed up. Let me pray for us as Matt and the worship team come back up. Heavenly Father, I... uh, I just thank you for today. Father, I thank you for the fact that your word is so relevant for our lives today. Father, that the way you led Moses back then with the people of Israel 
has direct application for our lives today as we think about the ways that we lead. Father, I just pray you would teach us. I pray you would teach us this week the areas in which we need to grow when it comes to our leadership. Father, I pray that we would learn from Moses' example and that we would be willing to have the humility to take advice and ask for help um, and that we would be able to maximize our leadership, especially to make as big of an impact as possible for your kingdom, Lord. And uh, Father, we just thank you for all of the blessings that you've poured out upon us, upon this church and this community. And we just recognize it as coming directly from you. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for all of that. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.